Welcome to Diamond Healing Radio with Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos, a powerful and extraordinary healer, best-selling author, and international scientist. She brings you expert interviews and essential information on the fusion of science and energy healing to help you become more vibrant, youthful, and healthy no matter what your age. Diamond Healing Radio is hosted on the Amazing Women of Power Network, world's leading positive programming channel. Get relaxed, be ready to feel and look better than you ever have before. Hello everyone, this is Dr. Anastasia Chablis with another episode of Diamond Healing Radio. My very special and inspiring guest today is Marsha Weeder. She founded Dream University, whose mission is to make dreams become real. She's traveled the world as the ambassador of dreams, speaking not only at notable companies such as AT&T, The Gap, and American Express, but also has been on The Oprah Show, The Today Show, and her own PBS special on making your dreams come true. She's met three presidents, been coach and consultant to a wide range of celebrities, from politicians to authors to sports figures and movie stars. If you were to meet Marcia, you'd realize that she comes with a special energy and gift that sees the gold in you and inspires you to your dreams and greatness. She strongly believes that each of our own personal dreams matter and they are worth achieving. She is a highly sought-out speaker and mentor and best-selling author of many books, including the book Make Your Dreams Come True. I met Marsha about a year ago and was very inspired how she could make a room of 500 people feel that she was in an intimate conversation with them. Her straightforward methods for getting to the heart of how to make your own dreams come true means that progress is fast and effective. I joined her new program, The Meaning Institute, for those reasons. I wanted to capture her interview because her programs are as spiritual as they are practical. Welcome, Marsha. Thank you so much for being on my show. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Yes. So, you know, it's not the usual path that we wake up one day and we say, oh, I'm going to be a dream coach. (laughs) (laughs) Could you tell our listeners a little bit about your backstory? What did you do before and how you got started on showing people how to realize their dreams? Uh, Of course. Um, I think it's always useful to start out with just a little baby definition of how I'm using the word dream, Um, because a lot of people think of it as as a fantasy. And as a matter of fact, the distinction for me between a dream and a fantasy, like winning the lottery, is that in a dream you can actually do something about it, Uh, as opposed to in a fantasy, short of doing a lot of hoping and maybe praying, it's, uh, you know, often something that's out of control. For me, for me, a dream is something that you want, that really matters. You're going to pursue, and uh, that supports the backstory because um, I was wa- I was working in Washington D.C. I had a marketing and media company, and then what I saw was um, uh, a lot of black and white, not a lot of color. <laughs> what I mean by that is, one day I came down onto the street um, to go out for lunch, and I was wearing a purple, you know, one of those one-piece jumpsuits, pantsuits. And I looked both ways on the street. Everybody was, I, was the, I was the only color on the street. Everybody was in black and brown, and a lot of lawyers and politicians. So I set out to do this really interesting survey to find out 
um, you know, how, you know, what was the makeup of people who were happy and or successful? And pretty much across the board, everybody talked about something inside of themselves, whether they touched their heart and said, well, what I really love or really care about, or they kind of touched their belly and their gut and said what I'm really passionate about or what's important to me. Pretty much consistently, everybody talked about it as something inside of them, and the goal was to bring it out into their life. Um, and, and this led me to asking myself a pretty confronting question, and the question was, how do I want my life to be? And it was confronting. Confronting, because if you're someone who practices living with integrity, which I believe is core to manifestation, the next question has to be, and what am I willing to do about it? Well, Anastasia, do you, do you prefer doctor or Anastasia? Just Anastasia, <laughs> please. <laughs> What's that? Just Anastasia. That's Anastasia, plenty. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, what I realized was I was unhappy about my business, my body, my boyfriend, my bank account, and the building I was living in. I had this big list of, of oh, ironically, they all started with B. So I said, well, I failed. I got an F in my B list department. And, you know, and even though I was successful, I was president of the National Association of Women Business Owners. I was in the White House a lot. I mean, a lot of wonderful things were happening. At a deep soul level, I was longing for more. And that was really the beginning for me of, you know, looking at what did I know about manifestation? What would I teach and offer other people? And at some level, I thought, well, maybe there's a book here. Maybe I have a a message in me. And I said, well, if it's really true that I do have a message in a book, it will come out of me. And I wrote my first book way back in 1993. And... I think the message is fairly universal because here it is so many decades later and that book is still out and still helping people. So I guess the simple answer is I looked around and had concerns about what I was seeing in the world, which then got me to look into my own heart and soul and decide that I wanted to make some changes. And at a certain level, the mission of Dream University is to change how people think and speak about their dreams. So instead of maybe someday when the kids are gone or after we retire or when I have extra time and money, which I don't think will happen for most of us, um, you know, what is it that I want? What is it I'm willing to do about it? And how can I start pursuing that now? That's really awesome. And I, and I so agree. Nobody has excess time or money. It's, uh-huh. it's, you have to, you know, I find that people just simply need to prioritize. It's just like me where I've gone with my life. It's always, there's no extra time or money. You just go do it. Right. And the idea of putting a stake in the ground by setting an intention and then putting yourself in a right relationship with it by taking action on that intention is a, a very powerful first step because many of us, you know, we say one thing and we do another, or we say we want something and we do nothing, and then that sends a, a message to our own heart that we're not trustworthy, which makes it really hard to dream and to take risks and go for what we really want. Yeah, there's a lot of lip service out there. They always say, I should do this and I should do that, but nobody does. There's a lot of people that, that say that a lot, but don't do much. <laughs> yes. I have crazy dogs. You'll have to forgive me. <laughs> That's okay. They're, they sound wonderful. 
So, well... But they've got me trained, because I train them that when they bark to come to me for a treat instead. So they bark, and then they come running for a treat. <laughs> they've got it down pretty good here. Yes, that's, uh, that's really funny. I have two little Yorkies, Chow and Bella, so I get to say Chow Bella a lot. <laughs> exactly. So, so getting back to dreams... Um, let's talk about while other thought leaders are busy giving us tips and strategies to help us get to where we want to go, uh, there are many failures. Um, in your business, you've included a very large dose of spirituality. This includes small daily rituals, meditation, using what some people call intuition. Did you always do that? Well, I, I discovered that without the inner work, the outer doesn't stick. So people can make lots of money, but at a certain level, if they, if we don't feel, if we don't value ourselves and value our gifts, it, it typically goes right back out. So I would say when I had my marketing company, I had my own spiritual practices. But when I became a teacher and an author, it became so core and fundamental to what I was teaching. Um, and I would say it's got the, that part of me has gotten louder over the years as I've gotten more confident about who I am and what I believe and what I stand for. Um, I've learned that when people don't understand a concept, they can often become afraid or judge you. Um, I was once giving a talk, and I used the word dharma in my talk, and I talked about it as the uh, you know unfoldment of our life's purpose. Um, and there were people in the talk that got... Um, very upset. Um, they 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 accused me and it of being uh, de demonic, which was shocking to me. I'm like, what? They're, you know, and I'm like, I have a really good relationship with God. Like, what are you talking about? And so I've learned over the years that when people don't understand something, they can go sideways with it. So I try to contextualize everything that I do, but now that I've been teaching for over 30 years and I put on my own events, I put on a, a large event called the Wealthy Visionary Conference, which people say, well, I'm not wealthy and I'm not a visionary, should I come? And my response is, well, if you have a dream and you want to reach more people and have greater impact and learn how to monetize it, this is a great place to be and but I would say you know as the years have gone on it's not only become louder but it's become more front and center I mean the meaning institute which you referenced and I'm so honored that you've joined me uh, you know and almost a hundred people in is not designed to be all things to all people but for the people that have that ability to go deeper who are, who are interested in of life, the things that can't be seen and touched, like love and compassion and power and so many other things. Um, it, it, it's, this is not just an additional thing that I talk about, but it's very core and fundamental. Um, you know, I've, I've been looking at, um, well, actually, the Harvard Business Review did an article in their happiness issue, making a comparison between happiness and fulfillment. And it said that happiness is when you focus on your own needs, and fulfillment is when you focus on the needs of others, and you're involved with service and contribution, something bigger than uh, bigger than ourselves. Well, when I think about the thing that's way bigger than than me and ourselves, it's the divine, whatever that means to people. Some people talk about it as their trusted source, and people talk about it as God or spirit or energy or the universe. But for me, the path to the divine is the unknown. And the way to get on the path to the unknown is to get comfortable with uncertainty, to develop your own heart center, 
your ability to be the calm within the chaos, to open to greater compassion, which then opens up greater creativity, imagination, visionary thinking. It all feeds in. But also the other side is to start to make conscious what's unconscious, our shadow, our disowned materials, the things about us that we don't know. So it's like as I start to see the places, my blind spots, um, you know, and I am able to open it, my heart and have compassion. I often say to leaders, we need to toughen our skin and open our hearts, you know, because if we're in front of other people, people are going to have their reactions and projections on us. But the more trustworthy I am to myself, the more trustworthy I am to others. And the more trustworthy I am to myself, the more I'm able to open some of these unknown doors that may have been frightening um, and with that get back a lot of vitality and creativity and a lot of juice. So it's a long answer to a really important question, Anastasia, and I would say that the answer is um, more and more every single day I try to practice what I call everyday enlightenment. Um, that is more time in the light connected to my, my hope, my faith, my dreams, my friends and loved ones, less time in the dark being hijacked by fears, doubts, mine or other people, and then the idea of living a you know virtuous life, and many would say the high-level virtue uh, is integrity, and integrity in this conversation of everyday enlightenment is about spending more time in the light, so doing the right thing and acknowledging that we're human, so when we screw up, clean it up as quickly as we can, but really being available to to. Re- to remember that we were created to create and that it's our birthright to create a life of joy, love, and abundance. So I feel thrilled and honored that I have been teaching this for three decades. But I think also last thing on this is what makes me a good teacher is that I'm a great student. So when I find people that I like and I trust and I resonate with their work, I follow them, I sit with them, I learn from them, hopefully in service to becoming a more conscious and awake person. And so I don't think I could be saying that that's important to me and then not making that core to my teaching. <laughs> Correct. Well, one of the reasons why I joined you was that I've been doing my own spiritual work for 30 years. And uh, some some years where it was really tough and really, uh, you know, I, really transformational, and then I came to your Wealthy Visionary Conference, and I still discovered new things kept, that kept coming up. And now in this process, we're halfway through the modules in the, in the uh, Meaning Institute, and many more things came up, and I've watched myself transform. So it's for me, it's been very transformational. And, Thank um, you. I love hearing that. Yeah. You know, especially from a colleague and a peer and a fellow teacher. The fact, you know, and I've turned to you. I called you when I was struggling with something, and I had a, a, a bout of vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> My friends were calling it vertigo. They said, you know, you're transforming. There's so much going on in your personal life and your body and being that you're going through vertigo. <laughs> <laughs> that's that is that's very cute. Yes, and and um, yes, and. <laughs> and it's some some of the energetic things that I do really help balance people out so they yeah. can. Well, you helped me immediately. So, you know, and I love that kind of collegial relationship where we're both professionals. We both have gifts. We mm-hmm. hire each other in a professional capacity, um, you know, and I think it's a very high testimonial. And I'm, I'm happy we found each other. I feel mm-hmm. like the work that you're doing is both spiritual and meaningful, 
you know, I was privileged that we spent the day together and I helped you look at your branding in a whole new way based on your essence and your soul. And it's just a gift to be able to partner with you like this. Yeah, it it was for me also transformational because finally it became clear I was struggling with those issues of how, what do I call myself and how do I talk. And as soon as you said it, it was like it was so obvious, but, you know, we can't see ourselves, you know, looking in the mirror is really tough. Well, now you need to tell your listeners what your what your moniker is. Right. So I am now the scientific healer because of all of the years I spent as a scientist has lent me to be able to be an effective healer by using the science, not just not just channeling energy, but directing it where it needs to go. And of course, the URL was just sitting there waiting for you. Because oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and even when you just said it, it's just now it's part of the fiber of who you are. And it wasn't enough to just call yourself a healer because what you do is unlike what anybody else does. And for us to sit together in a very powerful you know, visionary strategy day and really look at the essence of who you are and then how do we you know, package that in a way that is in complete alignment where people will get it and pay for it. Uh, it was just a, it was just a joy to just hear you say it. It's like oh, it's just part of who you are. It is, it, and it rolls off my tongue very easily. Where right. saying <laughs> saying everything saying everything else just didn't ring true. That's just part of integrity that we have to say things that are true for ourselves. I didn't feel I was being true to myself by just calling myself an energy healer. It's so beautiful. Right. You know, people often say to me, um, well, you know, what wisdom would you share around, around marketing yourself? And whether I'm working with an entrepreneur or a CEO in their company or a nonprofit, you know, and the idea is, you know, in order to be paid well for doing what you love. And now a brief word from our sponsors. This is Dr. Anastasia Chopolis, the scientific healer and author of The Diamond Healing Method, get healthy no matter what your doctor says. Did you know that two-thirds of the Americans are suffering from adrenal fatigue and about half of those from adrenal failure? What that means is that sleep is difficult and that even if you get sleep, you're tired when you wake up and you will tend to gain fat around your middle. When your adrenals are firing, you are in the sympathetic nervous system, which means your body is in teardown mode instead of being in repair mode. The longer you're in this stressed out state, the worse your health gets, never mind your state of mind. One of the easiest ways to calm your adrenals down so you can move back into the parasympathetic nervous system or healing state is to meditate even for just a few minutes. I have a gift for everyone listening, a quick calming meditation that helps you get calm in 10 minutes or less. Stephanie told me that after she listened to it three times, she fired her psychiatrist. She got so calm. She then burned it to a CD and wore it out, so she had to burn a new one. Reports have come back for many people that they can sleep better, and some even say their energy is better when they listen to it in the morning. I put it on my cell phone so I can listen to it any time I'm somewhere I can sit, like on a bus or plane or in a doctor's office, and I can get my dose of calm. You can get your own copy at diamondmethod.com. Add your name and best email address so I'll know where to send it. That's diamondmethod.com. And now we return to our regular programming. Number one, you have to do what you love. 
You know, a lot of people don't believe that they can actually make a living doing what they love. Most people would, the model I see most often is, I have my regular job in order to be able to finance what I really want to do. And that's an okay model, but it's much more powerful if we can bring everything together. So the idea is to, you know, is to love what, is to do what you love, value your gifts, charge what you're worth, um, and then master the skill of what I call enrollment, your ability to share your vision, products, or services with other people so that they join you, hire you, or, an inv- or invest in you. The obstacle called, you know, not enough money often disappears when we can develop the capacity to talk to anyone, anytime, any place about what we're doing in a way that touches and inspires them, and they see the value in it for them. So it's it's pretty exciting, uh, you know, and I meet a lot of people who are like, well, I don't know if I want to share my vision. And I'm like, well, why? They're like, well, somebody might shoot it down. I'm like, well, if you haven't dealt with your own doubt and you meet another doubter on the road, their doubt will magnify yours. But if you've dealt with your own, you know, inner doubt or feelings of inadequacy or lack that most of us have at certain times around different things, uh, but if you've dealt with it and you meet a doubter on the road, by contrast, it becomes the opportunity to deepen your commitment to your vision or dream. So the ability to talk to anyone, it's not like, you know, somebody shoots your dream down, you go and second-guess your dream. They shoot it down, you stand up more more firmly and more solidly, solidly for yourself. People will start to take you very seriously about what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Course, to be talking about it. You know, we demonstrate that we're serious about our dreams by taking action. Absolutely. You know, I love that question. Are you more committed to your dream or to your doubt, fear, or reality? Well, we can tell by the, by the action that somebody's taking or not taking. And it's the same for a, a, a solopreneur or an infopreneur, entrepreneurial type person, as it is with executives of multi-million dollar companies. The ability to be a visionary requires that you have a vision, you articulate it with clarity so people get it, you express it with passion so people can feel your genuine enthusiasm about it and then true visionaries i believe have mastered the ability to inspire other people to join or help them absolutely and i uh, what i call you know going from fear and doubt to going into um, your courage and your ability to express yourself is going from being externally driven which means that everybody else's opinions matter that you're you're worried, you're afraid to being internally driven from that that core source that where we connect with our source or an higher power. So being internally driven is so much more so much more powerful. Well, that's a really big and core concept. I love that you've taken something that can be uh, consumptive and overwhelming as a concept, and you've really broken it down into a a, a very simple. Uh, you know, approach and thought process. I thought that was great. Yeah, I've read, there's many books. They spend, you know, pages and pages and pages developing this concept. And it's just so straightforward. You know, that's it. It's just going from the, you know, the fear, shame, and doubt, guilt, anger, all that is all from external sources. Uh Right? So as soon as you, you drop all that behind, you can move forward into whatever dream that you want to. Exactly. Exactly. Now, we should also say many people don't know what their dreams are. And my advice to, to, if you're listening and you're one of those people, is to go on a passion quest. 
take a period of time. It could be a, a weekend, a week, a month. You don't have to put the rest of your life on hold. You can still keep your day job. But put your antenna up and start to go through life shitting up. Who am I now? What is it that I really love? What do I want? What would bring me more joy, more fulfillment? And what do I need to say no more or no thank you to? What am I doing that I'm complaining a lot or it's sucking the life out of me or it's just no longer true for me? And as we say no more to what's no longer true and start to line up to what resonates for us and brings us more joy and more fulfillment, more creativity, that's more, you know, living on purpose, which is something that when I, when people talk to me about dreams, that's the dream that they say more than any, I want to know that my life mattered. I want to know that I made a contribution. And that's what living on purpose is really about. Oh, absolutely. So in, in my own work, I've watched people transform into places where they never thought they could be, you mm-hmm. know, like healthy and that they have a future and that where, where they, they thought that their current present day living was going to go on forever and it was pretty much miserable. So I'm sure that you've watched people transform in your own practice and, and business. Um, could you tell us a story of one that even inspires you? Oh, let's see who bubbles up in my head. Um, I haven't told this story in a long time. Uh, there was this just beautiful older woman. Her name was Bessie. And um, at 70 years old, Bessie told me that her dream was to become a uh, world-famous professional photographer. She'd been an amateur uh, you know, photographer for 25 years. <laughs> Excuse me, and, and I said to her, "What's the difference between an amateur and a professional?" And she said, "Moolah, <laughs> money." <laughs> and uh, she said, "I don't really charge for what I'm doing." So I said, "Well, Bessie, what's uh, you know what's stopping you?" And she said, "Well, you know, I don't know that I really I feel like I need more credentials, and I don't really want to go back to school at this point." And I could hear there was something in between what she was saying, what she was not saying. So I asked her, I said, Bessie, what's really in the way? She said, everybody is telling me that I'm too old. She said, my friends, my family, everybody is telling me to be realistic. And I'm like, well, you know, what's a step that you could take to demonstrate that you're more committed to your dream than to their doubt? And she was so sweet. It was like her eyes lit up. You know, most of the time, many people walk around with little pilot lights in their eyes. But when you can <clears throat> connect people to something that they're really excited about, it's like dragon's breath suddenly shows up. <laughs> so she said, I know what I could do. She said, I've had an application in my inbox on my desk for about a month uh, to enter into this contest that's sponsored by Kodak, their International Snapshot Awards. I think it was called the Kinza Awards. And she said... Um, you know, I've been looking at the application and I haven't been able to get myself motivated. She said, I get that if I even apply, if I enter this contest, I'll be proving to the people around me and more importantly to myself that I'm not just talking about it, I'm actually doing something about it. Well, she took this beautiful photograph of a man playing the sousaphone with the reflection of his uniform in his instrument, gold and red tones, just beautiful. She sent it off to Kodak with 500,000 other people. A half million people entered the contest. She won first prize. Oh. It was just, they gave her $10,000. She ran out and got business cards printed to show that she was a professional. Her photograph toured around 
around the world with the Journey into Imagination exhibit, she got the whole dream. And I asked her, I said, Bessie, what did you learn from that? What wisdom would you share? And she just looked me square in the eye and very simply said, it's never too late to make your dreams come true. Oh, it's that not, one gave me goosebumps. Wisdom is that until we get to the end of our life and we look back on what we did or did not accomplish, how do we know whether or not something is realistic? Uh, what I see mostly is people compromise their dreams down to be realistic, typically based on how much money they have in their checking account or what's going on in the economy or in the world. And looking in your checkbook is not the best place to decide whether or not you're committed to your vision. The place to look really is in your own heart. I'm sorry to say that we're out of time, and I have so much enjoyed. You've given us so many wonderful things to think about, and I've created a special page for people to find you. They just have to click there, and you'll be taken to your website, diamondhealingradio.com forward slash Marcia. That's M-A-R-C-I-A. And Marcia, thank you so much for being my guest today. I am so honored to have you been on my show. Thank you. It was a wonderful interview. Thank you for having me. You're most welcome. Thank you for joining us on Diamond Healing Radio, hosted on the Amazing Women of Power Network, the world's leading positive programming channel. To learn more and get your free healing meditation, go to diamondhealingradio.com and join us next week to hear more on how you can live a vibrant and healthy life using the fusion of science and energy healing. Until next week, remember to take a deep breath before you go about your day.